0: I had uh, really this unusual situation that popped up with just a I think it was a great great that somebody took an interest in me uh, right out of the, you know early days right out of the gate and and uh, saw some potential i guess and and uh, you know advocated for me so I guess uh, you know I got to know this college professor, a finance professor at or o and along with many other professors, I always enjoy just spending time out of class talking with them because you know not a lot of students always tended to do that. Welcome to the Portland, Maine Business Podcast, the place to get ideas, insight, and strategies from professionals who are in the trenches building
1: successful businesses. Here is your host, Shelby Turcotte. Hey guys, Shelby here, and I'm excited to have Dave Libby on today. Dave, for those of you who don't know, is the president and CEO of Town & Country Federal Credit Union. They have six branches in the southern Maine area. And more importantly, Dave is a genius at thinking outside of the box. Uh, Shortly after earning his business degree from the University of Maine, Dave immediately got started with Town & Country, went and worked his way up from branch manager all the way up through the ranks, and now again is currently CEO. When Dave is not thinking outside of the box and working on innovative business ideas, you can find him at a local craft brewery maybe listening to some music or walking his dog Riley on the beach. So Dave, welcome to the call. Appreciate having you on. The interesting thing, Dave, we were just talking about is you you had a turning point early on in your college days, right? Back in the day where you were in a finance class, you're a business major, you're up at at UMO, and you had uh, somebody come in to speak on student credit unions. And that was kind of a, a, a turning point, right, for you. So I'll let you take it from here. But it seems like that was probably what opened the doors, or at least opened the mind to thinking about that next step in life.
0: Yes, exactly. Thanks, Shelby. It was great, great. Uh, thanks for inviting me to be here today. And but yeah, I, I had uh, really this unusual situation that popped up with just a, I think it was a great, great that somebody took an interest in me uh, right out of the you know, early days, right out of the gate, and and uh, saw some potential, I guess, and and um, you know, advocated for me. So I guess uh, you know, I got to know this college professor, finance professor at UMaine r R&O, and along with many other professors, I always enjoyed just spending time out of class talking with them because you know, not a lot of students always tended to do that, and I think they liked enjoyed the interaction, and I asked a lot of questions, and so I think he just took a liking and an interest in advocating and. So when that presentation finished, uh, you know, he, he um, asked me to speak to me after class and just said, Hey, I'm, I'm on the advisor board for the student credit union there. And, and uh, they're looking for a student manager. Obviously we'd love to have a, a management ma- uh, major that's at the UMaine campus. And uh, he says, I'm advocating for you and, and recommended you and uh, maybe you're interested and let's go talk to them and see what it's all about. I was not, Familiar with credit unions at the time, my family was not um, members of the of a credit union, and uh, and so I, you know, I got in. I really perked my interest because it's such a different type of entity as a not for profit financial cooperative, owned by the members. It was just I was like, this is a little different than traditional banking, I guess, and so it kind of perked my interest and uh, you know learned a little bit, and then said, yeah, you know, give it a shot, and uh, got in there, and I, I really loved it. It was just this whole philosophy of people helping people and trying to do what's best for the consumer first and foremost and then figure out how you can make some money and and uh you know pay for the operations and continue to provide the services for the future. And so yeah, I mean it was great I met a lot of my other accounting uh, majors. I was a business management and finance major, uh, concentrating in those two areas and so I got to new, you know, got to learn um about the other students and they were in there, you know, obviously working the uh, the finance part of it and and then me managing that, them and the operations and got to meet a lot of students and, and grow the credit union and got really intrigued and learned a lot of management lessons very quickly, even though as a student, it felt kind of weird, you know, kind of like Leading people, I mean, most of the students were volunteers because right. we couldn 't afford to pay them. They would work you know x number of hours, but they got some good experience, and so they like to do that but but yeah, it was nice that I got to uh, interact with this teacher, and he advocated for me and then as long as a couple other uh, professors too but they but they introduced me then to several area CEOs of credit unions that were on the board uh, advisory board. And so I got to meet them and then they became mentors for me. And which was, which was really nice out of the gate to have that opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about that, especially at a young age, I think that's, yeah. um, you know, that's huge. Like you said, and you and I were chatting about it before the call, but how, you know, you hit a point where obviously like people are kind of giving, you know, giving back slash paying it forward yeah. to people. And I think that's, You know, that's one of the most rewarding things once you see a little bit of success. Um, I was intrigued, as I told you before the call, Dave, by your outside-of-the-box thinking. You know, I think that at least amongst people who are Mm. around you have shown that you're kind of, you're very forward-thinking. You know, this past year has probably just kind of cemented that and proven that. but. yeah you know, have you always been an outside of the box thinker? Like when you were, you know, a kid, a teen, um, when you were in college, because I often think of, you know, credit union and banking as very straightforward, right? It's, it's numbers based, it's spreadsheets. It's a, it's a dollar and cents game from an analytics standpoint, but you know, you've, you've taken a whole other dimension and kind of flipped it on its head. Can you, can you talk about that? Is that something you were born with? Is it something you've developed or learned?
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of those things, you know, like you're right, banking, it seemed kind of like, well, it is traditional, it's very uh, regulated industry. So there's, you know, we're risk managers, we, you know, manage loaning money to people and managing money that people deposit with us and trust us and uh, make sure that money is uh, fiduciarily, you know, safe, and we're doing the right things with it. So, you know, at first, I'm like, hmm. But honestly, I think it was the credit union space being that it's this whole ideal of philosophies of people helping people kind of intrigued me because it gave you that opportunity to kind of like explore and do things more uniquely i think and then just the the finance background and other stuff but i did have i think right out of the box as a kid just like one thing i'll I'll mention um i'm a lefty and i know there's always you hear stuff about like oh you're in your right brain and things like that i don't i don't believe so much in that that the 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 it's more the fact that being a lefty which is only 15% of the population are left-handed uh, people it's you're constantly challenged i was right away in school where the the desk was right-handed people so you had your notebook and you're trying to you're turning which Always was a challenge. Someone would come by and thought you were maybe cheating (laughs) because you had to turn a little bit. And that that came up at times in college. And I'd be like, uh, no, (laughs) I just don't have any other option. And uh and I think the left-handedness, you 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 know, everything from writing in a binder to a desk to scissors. I mean, everything is a right handed world. And so you have to kind of stop and think, problem solve a little bit. You know, even power tools. My dad taught me how to use power tools, he was left handed, but was forced to be a right-handed when he was at that time period of time, they forced them to be right-handed. And so, you know, he taught me how to do that. And so it, it kind of helps you think differently, I think, and look at, look at things in a new way. And so I had to use these tools and other things in order to accomplish just everyday tasks. And then I think I, and I had this intensity of curiosity. I just, I don't know why uh, always wanted to learn. And when I looked at uh, a, the um the population generally when came to like looking at how to make decisions to buy a product for instance out of these stereos because that came up a lot of times i was a passionate stereo person into music and they'd be like and they were always like why you buy stereo stuff that nobody has any knowledge about like different brands and things and and you know it 's the market brands that people were familiar with at the time right and, and i 'm like because I was looking for things that were like better, better quality, not necessarily cost more money, they were just I just did a lot of research, and I was always interested in, in going against the grain i don 't know why, or swimming upstream or rowing upstream, just always going in a different direction kind of fascinated me because it was just seemed like sort of group think. I don't know what that was, maybe between the left handed, maybe just curiosity. Uh, it just uh, allowed me to kind of like push to think a little differently than, than most people, I think. And so, um, and then it just became almost like a challenge after a while. It was kind of fun to discover things that others weren't looking for. You know, it was right under their nose, but they just didn't see it. Right. You know, um, products that could help them, you know, do things better around their house or just anything you know better music sound uh, you name it so it was i don't know just uh, that's just the way i can kind of built and i don't, I don't know why but <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain
1: yeah no i, I think that's interesting and this may be is a follow-up this may be one of those things that probably has you know it's multifaceted but you know in terms of looking at problem solving and thinking outside of the box a lot of people i you know i'm around business people end up talking about trying to look at other industries, thinking outside the box, like what can you take from another industry that you can apply to yours? Or, you know, they would say like the best ideas are stolen ones. Um, but, you know, do you subscribe to that theory? Is is a lot of your outside of the box thinking? Is it, is it you, you know, reading about other industries? Is it you talking with other people? Is it you, you know, singing in the yeah. shower and you're thinking about all these creative strategies? You know, what types of, um, you know, strategic kind of, processes or approaches do you use to get those outside of the box ideas? Again, especially like you said, in an industry that's so regulated.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think um, kinda, you kind of you kind of need to. And I, I think, you know, I, I've always, the multitude of things, I think, I think right away living in Maine, while it's an incredibly special place, we're seeing that every day because a lot of people want to move here all of a sudden, which is rewarding to me being a lifetime Mainer. Um, You know, you are, we always wanted to kind of see people excited about Maine, wanted to come to Maine because we realized it's a special place. And so, but you know, it, it, the one challenge has been we're tucked up in the corner and we have, you know, heavy small business and, and there's been some real great successes with technology companies here, but fairly limited. So we, Right away I felt like in order to kind of see new opportunities, we had to get out of out out, you know, out around the country. And that was starting out with conferences, just talking to people. And while those were industry conferences, we started seeing these related conferences in business areas that were non-industry, right? And started to kind of see other entities that were providing a solution for another industry that really can cross over, and this was before the fintech uh, boom, which is now all over the place now. But, but uh, that fintech uh, development. But, but it's like uh, we and and on top of that, I I've always been passionate about like psychology, um, just you know reading, studying, research, a whole host of things, interest in a wide range of areas, and I'm I'm a big big passion about art and music. And so I started seeing places where we would go, I take groups, we go to the conferences and we always made it a point to try to go to other um, places, you know, maybe it was a museum that's doing some kind of virtual projection and then and, and is there an opportunity to kind of relate where projection and holograph imagery will come into play in the banking. And the fact is it, it's hard for me to say it will, I, I can say it will, but uh, you know, because there's a sense that it will It will come into, you know, how could that be useful, right? In the banking industry. Um, and so we see, uh, we see things. We saw QR codes way back getting used in some applications to like scan something and and kind of like the old handhelds when you went around museums. I started talking I'm like, well, why could not we have QR codes? You could scan it to learn about a product or service instead of a brochure. And this was like 12 years ago and people are like nah, nah no one's going to want to scan a qr code and and sure enough now after covid this past year everything's a qr code right uh and we see that and there's a lot of other immense benefits that are coming from that technology so we we try to use a lot of opportunities where we're out and about just kind of go to food places unique architectural designs hotels that are boutique hotels seeing where the that Experience because in the end, banking is very relationship trust oriented, right? It's you have to people have to trust that their institution is going to protect their money and do, do the right thing for them. And so, you know, it's it's service industry, right? We're hospitality in many ways. So we use these other entities like restaurant, hotel, uh, and many other areas where we learn how they are providing an experience and a, and a way to connect with people, right? Because money is very emotional. It's a kind of a used to be a taboo subject. Now, thankfully, people are very open to talking together, especially with families more and more, because financial wellness now is becoming the, the main thing that, that people focus focused on, we, which I'm so excited about. So, but yeah, we use a lot of different places gaming, art museums, many things that kind of stimulate the brain and kind of think about ways that those. Um, industries or or businesses are providing an experience that then connects with people and brings us to a a greater level of understanding one another.
1: Yeah, that's huge. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I I said to I think somebody in another podcast, it's, it's one of the things that you learn, successful people, I think, in particular, that they're always looking out and like forecasting, you know, they're never content with kind of where they are. And hey, here's how business is going to stay. It's more like, wow, Mm. we're in business right now, but things change. And I think the last year, you know, and you don't expect a pandemic, but I think the last year has obviously brought probably to fruition, you know, some of the businesses that have struggled and maybe made it more apparent with some of the holes they had Mm. in it. And, uh, they were Mm. kind of bleeding money or whatnot. At the same time, it has allowed some industries and some businesses to really capitalize on their forward thinking. You know, you and I were joking about, you know, zoom and, 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 uh, you know, all the different softwares people are using now and even like QR codes, things like that. Can you chat a little bit, you know, industry specific or maybe even some of the things you've seen, but over the last, you know, 12, 15 months, um, some industries have been crushed and uh, some of the challenges you guys have seen, you know, from the banking (laughs) side and what are some strategies you guys have used in the lot, you know, during the last year to kind of, you know, maybe stem the tide a little bit? And then what are you thinking about in terms of looking into, I'm going to say the immediate future, but over the next, mm-hmm. you know, 12, you know, 18, 24 months, um, where are you trying to go with it now that you, again, have kind of seen some of those things maybe um, come to the forefront in the industry or otherwise?
0: Yeah, great. No, great questions. Uh, yeah, I think for challenges for the banking industry, um, you know, our, right away, just like almost every industry, revenues kind of dried up. Right in our case, uh, account fees dropped. People, you know, overdrafting right because they weren't out spending. Right, they weren't necessarily overdrafting their account. Uh, some people obviously were that were severely impacted from a job standpoint. But card processing uh, types of things uh, and loan interest income because the card, you know, lending kind of slowed. Um, and then, uh, but on the other side, what made up for it was an increase in mortgage lending, which we can see is just. You know Blooming and uh, ballooning and the um, uh, PPP loans that the on the commercial bank and other credit unions that were under the business lending provided to help these businesses you know stay afloat and so those Kept them busy uh you know other fees and, and the interest from those uh activities helped i think uh the banking industry you know ride through this uh difficult time i mean more solid than ever the bank side as well as the credit union side uh you know we were very good at deferments for people dealing with the crisis and that helped then stem the tide of loan delinquencies and charge-offs uh for uh, and on the loan portfolio so um you know, and, and then we did some things like crisis relief loans to kind of help people get through tough time and, and uh, you know, keep their finances stable, kind of a bridge used over troubled water. <laughs> that song popped in my head. Uh, you know, but and then the branch side, as all banks had to deal with, is that retail side for so the banks that have banks and creditors that have a brand, big branch networks. You know, right. Obviously from a safety, staff safety and, and customer safety, or in our case members, we had to, you know, limit the activity in the branches. And so we kept the transactions out and through drive-throughs and then had uh, lobby appointments for things such as safe deposit box access and loan loan document closings. We did we came away with a curbside closing right away, day one. Uh, So, which was new, but I picked up on that from a restaurant locally saying, hey, curbside, because everyone started going to curbside very quickly. And I don't don't remember if if you remember Shelby's like, there was tons of restaurants that, you know, had to shut down, right? But did you notice there was like, like in Portland, they'd say like five or six really good ones that quickly did something. And they did like takeout, like, you know, union which is a higher-end restaurant in the in the Union Hotel. Uh, um, they uh, it's not the actual name, right? Un- uh, Union, whatever. They they um, they did like a Mother's Day takeout. Well, we went. My mom, my wife was like, "Hey." Let's go get, you know, food to take out because we didn't necessarily want to cook. It was hard to get food you know, at the restaurant, at the grocery stores, right? Lines, right. everything. And, right. and she's like, yeah, let's try it out. It's really good food. And I know uh, the developer, Jim Brady. And I said, I'm like, that's really creative. They did something in a high-end restaurant. And then I saw so many of that high-end restaurants closing for months, never anything. And others went, you know you had Minecraft Distilling saying, hey, we'll just make sanitizer, which you know, there was responding to a health crisis, which I thought was great. But then others just did unique things like the QR codes, curbside pickup and things. They did something. It didn't, they didn't know if it would work perfectly, but they kept just experimenting and trying. And that's where we did like the curbside signs. It's just said, well, we'll close loans and sign on the loan docs that are required for wet ink signature out at the curb. And for those that were nervous about walking in and just standing right in the vestibule and signing or something. And so, you know, it, we, we tried whatever we could to just be flexible and which, and maintain a level of safety because everybody didn't know what the COVID was going to do at that time. And fortunately for Maine, we didn't experience like New York and other big cities that had some really terrible times with COVID and of course other countries. Right. So, I mean, so the, and so the drive throughs handled the transactions pretty well. We, we saw, you know, pretty good volumes there. Time's a little slow, but People were patient, which was really nice. Everybody, I thought everyone really were pretty good at in a trying time like this. And then um, we we, but from a strategy standpoint, we got back to uh, a place with uh, a you know a, a lobby access where we had a scheduling software installed to move to a model that banking should have done a long time ago, like a uh, like a you know hairstylist, dentist. Lots of them are all appointment orientated businesses, right? Banking has always been appointments, and if you walk in and there's someone available, great. Well, you know, I I think it was the COVID that really helped banking finally get on the scheduling platforms that are out there, that have been out there for years, and do it like the other businesses, so that when you come in, you have your own set appointment, and it's very convenient. You can pick your time, pick the person you want to meet with, the location. So that was a big piece that we got in late uh, early September. And that has been huge. And, and with that, we added, which was new, we added a video component. So if you want to schedule a, a phone call, which is nice, uh, you can schedule a call. If you want to schedule in-person, great. Or if you want to schedule a video call and actually talk to someone, and they can walk you through and we can share screens and watch, walk through how you're setting up your online banking or mobile banking or many number of things. So those are some of the things that we, we did. That was probably one of the biggest moves. And then just constantly internally with the call center, extra staff managing the that that uh, interaction interaction via phone, uh, while our in person face to face was was somewhat limited. You know, so uh, and then QR codes and multitude of things that we tried uh, and tested just to see how people would uh, adapt to and and you know transactions in branch have declined massively for banking in the last few years, and COVID really took a big um uh change in that because a major step forward because people had to be using a mobile online experience and then they realized that it was so much easier than driving to a local branch and doing that transaction. And we we never try to prevent someone from doing those types of transactions. They want to come in, great. We want all the choices, but we do want people to realize it's like, hey, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to come and you know deposit that check because you can use your mobile device and capture that check and deposit to your account easily and whenever you want to and at your times most convenient for you. So, so those are some things that we did during the time, but we, you know, we've managed through it just like other businesses. It hasn't been easy, um, but uh, more, I think our challenge was dealing with the uh, close contacts of staff members in the branch with another family member or kid in school. And so then they might have to go out to quarantine briefly. And so managing the staffing in the branches wasn't always easy, but we, you know, we worked through it. So.
1: Yeah. And, and back to your first point, you know, you talked about like people trying to do something. And that was my first thought is I laugh. I feel like there's, you know, one of two approaches, a lot of people kind of like, you know, hunker down and cut spending and we're like, hold on to the money. I don't want to go out of business. And the other mentality is like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make decisions and I'm going to try to not, I said, the mentality of like sports, right. I'm not going to try to not lose. I'm going to go out and try to win. And so I think those two different approaches, not necessarily right or wrong, but you know, to your point, um, trying to, when you're in the customer service business, trying to, how do I service the customer and focusing more on that? And obviously, people like yourself that have been more forward thinking that were more prepared for those types of things and a little bit quicker to pivot and, Hey, we're going to try this. We're going to do this. And again, not knowing right in business, you never really know what's going to happen to begin with. Right. You can forecast it, but obviously the last 15 months has made that even more apparent. Um, And to your point about, you know, uh, I always call it reducing friction. We try to reduce friction, but you guys have done a bunch of things Um, with regards to that, making it easier for the customer, you know, Mm -hmm. you guys, I believe were the first credit union to launch an Alexa skill. Um, You guys, again, had like video calls, like you just mentioned, you also were the one of the first credit unions to do the savvy money, right? The free tool for members with a Mm -hmm. credit report. You guys have done a bunch of those things. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know um, how you, how you have done that, what types of, you know, how did you come up with that approach? Have you used relationships, right? Like you're using other softwares to do Mm -hmm. some of that stuff. We always talk to people about, you know, how did those relationships or how did you get to that point where again, it's not when you're backed into a corner and you have to do it. It's like you've built, you know, kind of those karma points or you've kind of earned that little bit of equity that you've put in for doing other good things. Can you talk about getting to those points and how some of those, you know, I'm not going to say again, like frictionless decisions, but how you've made it easier on your customers and how you kind of get to those points where you can make that, you know, decision on something like that. And you have all the resources and all the tools there, you know, that's years in my mind of, of kind of, you know, laying the foundation, not just throwing something against the wall and seeing what sticks.
0: Yeah. I, I, you hit the nail on the head uh, we talk about foundations building the house, I guess, <laughs> but uh, it, it is, and it takes, uh, it takes a lot of effort. It's across the entire enterprise. In the case of Town & Country, the reason I came to Town & Country after leaving school, working with the Trade Association for a few years, I got to uh, meet every single credit union, all the boards across the state. And this credit union is one of my top five because it's just the mentality at the board level was different, even at the uh, executive level at the time, their mentality towards the attitude towards service and how it could be done differently and always adding the extra little flavor to it. In my case, I like talked about, you know, there's cakes and then there's those cakes that, you know, decorated, they're like, wow, you know, like when you see different wedding cakes and stuff, and you're like, holy cow, you know, it's like the extra oomph to it, that you put attention to it to, uh, to really make it special, right, and, and really wow people. Uh, and so we, we've always had this philosophy of, you know, people calling in, they get a live agent, and of course, you never can cover that 100 million percent of the time, right? There's always a backup, but it's not a, v, you know, a, a virtual attendant. Uh, covering it first and then pressing one, two, three, which was back in the early nineties when those systems were developed. And we were always like, no, we want a live agent to answer. And then that would back up if there was an overflow. And it's just a multitude of things, you know, extra tellers in the branches. It was always, and then but we constantly migrated as we saw new technologies, which are really technology, just tools. It's like, you know, the old phone at your house versus a cell phone, right? They still, in the end, they make communication happen. Right. And but they're just in a different when I call a different year on the calendar, if you will. Uh, And yes, they're more convenient in different ways. And they but they solve bigger and bigger problems, uh, better and better problems over uh, over time. But like we we just had a I've always had this uh, philosophy internally. And then what's we fostered it by constantly spending a considerable amount of time just understanding, like I said, holograms you know virtual imaging you you know those things are going to be used somehow in our society to help us live a better life uh and make communication happen easier so you might as well start to understand it and work on it and we try to see you know what does that look like how does it feel what could it what could it do in in banking you know uh and and make it easier for us to like engage with a with a, a someone to in our case a member to to help them with their financial lives and so we spend uh it's that muscle memory you have to constantly be doing it and unfortunately you know everyday life in personal life and work life you know you you let that the the stuff the tasks the things you have to do the immediate stuff get in your way and that eats up you know say 90 percent of your time so then the 10 percent is then spent just kind of creative thinking or or just pondering or maybe clearing the mind and and be able to explore something. But in our case, we try to spend, you know, 40, 60% of the time at every single uh, interactions we have with our staff, looking at these things that are coming at our society that we're going to have to understand in order to use in a way that would help us solve problems for our members, you know. So...
1: I love that. It's a lot of
0: fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: You. And it goes back to the, you know, the forward thinking piece that we mentioned, which is, you know, <clears throat> uh, again, a big piece of, I think you guys are um, different and, and successful and outside of the box. Where are we going from here? What do the next couple of years look like for you guys? Where is, where's is town and country? Like, what do you, what do you, without giving away too many trade secrets, you know, where do you think things are going, right? Like we, yeah. I'm not going to say we've stabilized right from the pandemic, but you know, sure. things are starting to open up a little bit. People are getting a little more comfortable combination of the, the vaccines and numbers being down and everything like that. Where do you think things are going and how does someone in business stay in front of that? Right? Like, what is yeah. that? What are the next couple of years? Cause I know a little bit ago, I laugh, but, um, you know, one of the jokes with regards to in the fitness industry, with regards to gym memberships was some people are never going to go in the gym again. Yeah which is to some degree true, but then once things started to open up, all of a sudden people were like, actually, you know, I really miss going to the gym. I miss going to my trainer or whatever. And we've seen the numbers shift. Um, I think in the fitness industry, things settle a little bit in the middle, right? Like the online stuff's a nice kind of hybrid approach. Um, it's convenient. Uh, but what about in the banking industry? Like, like, what do you see in the next couple of years? Are we going to continue to see, you know, curbside stuff? Are we going to continue to see, more software-based stuff. Um, how are you guys going to stay in front of everybody?
0: Yeah, I think the the key there—you hit on a lot of things. But the the pandemic, we all know, has been uh, terrible. You know, for people have lost family members, uh, lost their you know, jobs, been impacted, and lost their companies that they were passionate about that they started. On the uh, you know, and the other side of that, there's a lot of positives coming. And I think I'd like to focus on that because it gives us hope, right? I mean, the, the, the fact is, is that, like you said, that there's a mind, the beauty of the pandemics is, is really taking this mind shift across everywhere in our everyday lives and allowed us to think broader. And so when, you, when we talk about some of the adoption of some of the, the, the very convenient tools that we have to do things, you know, it's really shifted people to kind of just, you know, stop what their habit was of doing X and now trying these other features that allow them to help you know, move money. Cause that's a, that's a lot of what we do, right? It's moving money from A to B and, and then, you know, how do we counsel and coach them? But what we see coming is just like with you, I think, you know, you're right. There's this time window that happens with all of these moments uh, that there's a percentage of people that are hesitant um to to say come back to gym there's those that we hasn't come walking in say one of our, our branch locations or other uh, engagement events that we have and but what will happen in time as the as kings keep shifting and people's understanding of things uh shift uh and that they'll get more and more comfortable and it will come back. And then maybe it's only 5% will never come back into a physical gym or we'll walk into a, a bank branch, you know, um, that would have before. Uh, and so, you know, but that's a monumental shift. And because it's also in that bucket, all these people are willing to try a lot of other techniques and things that say the gym industry will create and along with the banking industry will, will come up with. And because there's this unharnessing of the, of the brain about, how we think every day. And I think you'll uh, be able to associate multiple things across different industries that are being done and pull those into your business and use those in creative ways. We think the biggest thing for banking is it's going to be uh, higher, you know, higher, higher levels of engagement with people, not less engagement. The technology is there to take care of the the quick transaction, like my son needed some money and he's upstate New York, I transfer it, boom, he's got it in milliseconds. You know, you just want that that to happen, be done. Uh, but if I have, I want to talk about some a longer term um, uh, uh, investment piece or something, or I want to talk about a car loan. You know, I want to sit down with someone, have a long discussion in in person or through video or some other means, and really get to know that person and get to get to understand what what I'm trying to do. Uh, and so we think the the more higher levels of engagement done with more options uh, and greater ways and easier ways to connect, to get that conversation started. Cause I mean, if, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, I have to, if I think of something, cause it was so busy all the time. Right. Is I need to like take care of it. Then I need to like start something and say, boom. And then I don't care if they take a day or two to get back to me as long as they always do, but I right. or, or set up an appointment two weeks from now and then it's done. It's like Absolutely. set it and forget it. I just, I need it. I Absolutely. need to just move on and then I'll start it. And then I'm happy to, it fits my time. And if I have an urgent matter, then I can reach someone connect. And uh, you know, we make it very easy to connect to me through a lot of tools that we have uh, And some of the executives here. And on the weekends, we're always talking and somebody has a problem. I mean, we've had times at one in the morning, I just happen to be up walking around and somebody has a problem. We're, we're, we're working on it. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it's, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, because we can solve some problems for somebody and, uh, and maybe it takes to the next morning and it's a Sunday, but we'll get it done for them. And so, but it's, I think there's higher levels of engagement than with seeing the support of technology, which really is just a tool. It makes it easy to, to get to information, understand the information and make decisions on that information. And so that's, you know, artificial intelligence and other things will pull lots of different data in that don't uh, seemingly disconnected. And so I, you've got to pull those unconnected things together and make uh, some, some serendipity, I guess, out of it and understand it. And then how do you then act on it? And that's what we want to do is kind of help people act on things for long-term needs. My big uh, dream, I guess, would be in what I've always loved about this industry is this people helping people philosophy is, you know, can we, with that, that access, that information, understanding it so intensely, with a lot of layers and a lot of different places that it's coming at us from people's everyday life with their moving of money and things is can we keep them from making the big mistakes in the monument the big moments to be smart smarter with that money and help them uh, create longer term life stage plans and lifestyle uh, plans so they can really do some special things for themselves, their family and their kids and really have them, you know, have a great hope uh, for future for their kids and, and other family members.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody gets off this call, they are like, wow, Dave's an outside of the box thinker. He's forward thinking. I want to be like Dave. What's the first action step? What's the yeah. one thing you tell them to start that process, right? Because not everybody maybe is creative. Not everybody may be able to think they may be a little bit more linear in their thinking.
0: Sure. You have
1: strategies to tell somebody whether they are young, old, or in between experience yep. in business or otherwise, you know, yep. is it, Hey, get out and go to a seminar. Is it, Hey, grab a book from another industry. What, what is your, what is your recommendation for starting to, again, think outside the box?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think reading is you, you see it so many times in different uh, leaders and uh, uh, across the world. They'll talk about that they, you know, the grandparent or someone else encouraged them to read, a teacher, a mentor, someone else. And it's reading reading almost anything. Anything that even has, uh, you know, uh, not quite sure interest, but it has some perks, a piece of interest and in just reading and, and, and learn a little bit about. And I, I like to. You know, I'm not necessarily reading a, a novel. Uh, I work real fast, so I tend to, like, digest content in small snippets. But I like to read articles, watch videos, talks, research. I will read more intensive research papers when I can. And then I read a good book of just, you know, to obviously shut down the brain and, you know, read that on a beach or what have you. But I try to read across almost anything. The other thing I would say is uh, there's three things would be observe, you know, it's slow down. I think pandemic has helped us slow down. I, I love seeing that people have really reevaluated their life across all age groups, which is wonderful. And really, I hope it stays. I think some's going to slip back to pre COVID. Uh, but I, but I would say if even if 50% of it sticks, that's a massive win for our society. Uh, and so I, I, I think, uh, it's slowing down, observing the stuff around you. It's just amazing what you do. And like I said, when we're on our, on our trips. We really take a moment to walk. We try to do the experiential thing to just kind of, and we run into stuff all the time. It's crazy. And you just see something, uh, the simplest little design, the simplest way that somebody created a you know, a sign or or design of a piece of uh, art or a way of a door handle going into a business even, you know, and you're like, that's really that little, we call it the wink. You know, it's kind of like that little, like just unsuspecting thing. You're like, that's really, they put extra energy and time into that. And so it's looking for those things that then helps your brain just kind of say, you know, I can do that too. You know, why I can, We all can do it, all ages, everybody, all abilities, and it allows your kind of to wander, brain to wander, and then use those things to potentially bring back to the business or the industry that you're working in. And then just letting thoughts flow. Um, You know, if you if you think of something, as you're walking the beach, like you said, that's those are always when those things happen. It's because your brain is away from this this noise that we have every day right Uh, of what we have to accomplish in our personal work lives and so when you have a moment walking the beach walking the dog taking a bike ride painting drawing working in the garden it's always when those things these you know like or that's why you wake up in the middle of the night right like whoa and if you just write that down and then but don't act right away it's like let it digest a little bit and stew and then find other accompanying articles or things observations if it's something about some area go go somewhere and see some more in that generalized area and then start to put things together and just park it lo- parking lot of them a little bit and play around with them and eventually that that special serendipity moment comes where you, you're like aha and you can act on something and do something special and it, it can be all levels very intensive to very uh, minor that can and then you can act on stuff quickly if you need to so those would be my three suggestions beautiful
1: beautiful. rapid fire questions finish it up dave are you ready
0: sure go ahead couple of them all right
1: favorite color
0: uh blue
1: good movie or good book
0: uh good movie
1: tablet or laptop
0: uh laptop beach or snow beach for sure (laughs)
1: Uh, if you were stranded, last one, if you were stranded on a, a deserted island, one thing you would want to have?
0: Oh, boy. You know, uh, from a survival standpoint, a lighter, you know, I think of uh, what's his name from uh, the movie there was Tom, <laughs> like Hanks? Tom Hanks, you know, <laughs> and so but it would have to be uh good craft beer or I, I could have my DJ system and I could play like, you know, nice house music on the beach listening to that <laughs> by myself. <laughs> That's awesome. what I want. <laughs>
1: um, well, Dave, we appreciate having you on and uh, sharing some insight. We'll make sure to put up the information where to find you, but why don't you tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you and a little bit more about Town & Country.
0: Sure. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can look me up on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, And then uh, Town & Country, our website, uh, TCFCU, for townandcountryfederalcreditunion.com. And we have an Instagram and a Facebook page, and so visit those out. You'll see a lot of cool things we're doing for the communities, and we got a lot of great things coming next year. Twenty twenty prevented that uh, stuff, so you, a lot of exciting things. I think you know, pay close attention. We're going to do some really special things Sounds for the greater Portland community.
1: That's awesome, Dave. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on.
0: Hey, thanks so much.
1: All righty, take nice care.
0: Thanks. Bye now thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take the time to leave us a review as it helps us connect with more like-minded people just like yourself. For more information on the show, its guests, or to listen to more podcasts, make sure to check us out on iTunes at Portland, Maine Business Podcast, as well as online at portlandmainebusinesspodcast.com.